Artists as media companies, breaking the release cycle. If you've been following along with ENA Talk, you'll have heard George Howard and me discuss the feasibility of making a living via streaming royalties. The traditional music industry has the music release cycle at the center of the business model. From the single, EP, or album release comes merch, a touring schedule, music videos, and more. The problem with this release-centric model is that it works primarily for only one party, the record label. And what does the record label control? Marketing. While there are now various revenue streams open to artists, many of which require thinking outside of the release cycle, and I'll go deeper on that in a minute, record labels are not incentivized to put their marketing budget and expertise towards these activities unless they are tied to a release, thus granting them participation in the revenue. As a result, artists have been stuck in a traditional release-centric business model because it is the precedent set by all major artists that emerging artists look up to, and it is the model championed by labels because they usually only participate in release-based revenue. So, how do artists get out of this? Why do they need to get out of this? Let's talk about the pitfalls of a release-centric model. Here's what happens in that model. Phase one, production. Artists are quiet during the recording of an album and disconnected from their fans. Phase two, pre-release. As the album nears completion, artists start to tease the album and reconnect with their fan bases. Phase three, release. Labels and artists pour advertising and promotional dollars into the album release. Phase four, post-release. Artists go on tour, sell merch, are excessively promotional for three months. Phase five, repeat. The artist is quiet again until the next tour or music release six months or a year later. This means that between cycles, artists are making limited income, usually the long tail of their most recent release, and have to recapture their fans once it's time to release music again. Why does this model work for labels and not artists? Because labels have 10 to 20 plus records coming out per year, giving them a constant stream of revenue opportunities, whereas artists are doing one, maybe two releases per year. Now, let's reframe this as artists as media companies. What if artists diverted from the traditional release cycle? What if artists thought of themselves as a media company with year-round programming rather than as a one-release-per-year talent? Let's create a hypothetical situation. Imagine an artist whose main output is a weekly series with supplemental content released around each episode. Each week, they come out with an episode of an ongoing series. Maybe that is a vlog or pre-recorded performance series or a deep dive into one of their songs. This is distributed to multiple platforms such as YouTube, Instagram TV, Facebook. Immediately following the debut of this episode, the artist has a live stream hang with fans on YouTube, Instagram Live, Facebook, and Twitch. This live stream hang is then recorded and distributed as a podcast and made available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. Throughout this series of content, the artist is gently promoting their music, merch, and any upcoming events or performances. For fans that want even more, they can pay $5 per month for access to the artist's Patreon, which gives fans unreleased demos, behind-the-scenes content, a monthly bootleg performance download, and a discount on merch, and a word, a fan club. And this happens all year round. As a result of this content output, things like Spotify streaming numbers are less important than total active fans. The annual revenue per fan, ARPF, goes up because the artist has more consistent, monetizable activities than if they were only irregularly releasing music. Of course, the artist can take breaks. 
Even with a few one-week or two-week breaks per year, this content keeps fans engaged on an ongoing basis. And once new music is available, still a big event in this scenario, there is an active audience ready to listen to and buy the music rather than a passive audience that has to be recaptured and promoted to. This sounds like a lot, but if we look at the series as tentpole content and everything else is derivative content, this becomes a very achievable content strategy. Let's break down the amount of time it would take to execute this content strategy. Weekly series episode. Probably eight hours of writing, filming, recording, editing, etc. You could probably do it in less depending on what your format is. Post episode live stream, 30 minutes. Distribution of live stream to podcast, 30 minutes. Patreon content, two hours. Supplementary social media promotion, two hours. Total time spent, 13 hours. Assuming a standard 40-hour work week, that leaves 27 hours for writing, performing, giving lessons, and whatever else pays the bills. So for the next few weeks, months, years, I'll be expanding on this thesis that artists as a media company is the best business model, especially in comparison to a release cycle model. From YouTube native artists, to Patreon memberships and Twitch streamers, to direct-to-consumer mattress brands, I'll be exploring the world beyond a release cycle, writing and talking about it on this blog and on the ENA Talk podcast. Go to entrepreneurshipandart.com to find more of this content and subscribe, follow along on the platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.